For those of you that don't know me, my name is Troy Dunlap. And this evening, I have the privilege of sharing a little bit of my testimony and bringing you a word that God has been just pushing on me for about three months. So I have my chance. <laughs> um, before we get started, I want to say it's March 6th. We are 65 days into the new year. How many of you made New Year's resolutions? Okay. How many of you broke those New Year's resolutions already? <laughs> As we go through tonight, and you're probably asking, why am I bringing up New Year's resolutions? Well, stay with me, and we're going to get to that. But there's something very important about a new year. Something very important about being new. Um, The topic for tonight is, who am I? And although I'm going to talk to you about me... I'm going to ask the question several times, who am I? But this question that I ask myself is a question I want you to ask yourself. Who am I? Now, as I begin, some of you are probably already judging me. (laughs) You know, am I going to speak in a monotone voice the whole time and be really boring Am I going to wander around a lot? Probably. Uh, you know, there's thoughts that are going through your mind of, oh, I've heard him talk before, and, you know, it's eh, so-so, or, you know, maybe you haven't heard me talk, and this is a new experience. Um, some of you are probably going, what's up with Pastor Kent? Did he, you know, I'm not able to book the guy for the Super Wednesday this month, or... What, what do we get stuck with this guy for? Uh, so just bear with me. Um, we're going to get there. Some of you have a preconceived notion of who I am. Most of you, if you know me at all, you probably know me from church or through church. There might be a handful of you that maybe knew me before church or outside of church, before I started attending here. Um, Some of you I've got to be good friends with, and, you know, we hang out, see each other outside of church, but uh, everybody's got a different take of who am I. So before I get started into the rest of this, I just want to go to the Lord in prayer. God, we just thank you and praise you. You are such a wonderful God. You bring us together in order to praise you and worship you and learn about you and and just share that joy and that love that you have. Lord, as we go through this evening and the message that 
I'm trying to deliver that you've given me. I just ask that the words that I speak be your words and the words that come out of my mouth glorify you, Lord. And just bring a peace and a love and an understanding to everybody here. We just thank you, Lord, and praise you. Amen. All right, so who am I? Am I a son? Am I a grandson? Am I a father? Am I a husband? Am I a dad? Am I, you know, what, what am I? What are you? Who are you? <coughs> You're Robert. Who are you as a family member? Just everything, you just everything I just said. How about you? I'm Robert's wife. You're Robert's wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's who we are. We're, we're a name. We're a, a family member. We're somebody that uh, associated that way. Well, yes, I am a son to my parents. I am a grandson to my grandparents. I'm a brother to my siblings, a nephew to my aunts and uncles. I'm a cousin to my cousins. I'm a husband to my wife and a father to my children. Most of you don't know or probably don't know. I am also a divorcee. And I struggled with this for some time as being raised in the church, growing up in Sunday school, being taught that marriage is a lifetime commitment till death do us part. So how do I find who I am with that? You know, I struggled with a bit of arrogance or at least ignorance as I see it now. There was a time where I didn't believe I had to go to church. As long as I do the right things, be nice to people, be a friend, help out, hold the door, put up the chairs. You know, as long as I do things, I'm going to go to heaven, right? Well, I believed I was going to go to heaven because I only knew of two places to go and I didn't want to go to the other one. So, who am I? Is it where I was born? Where I was raised? Where I went to school? Where I live now? Where I used to live? You know, I've lived in a lot of places, been to a lot of things. I was born in Iowa, raised in southwest Missouri. I've lived in Stockton, Jericho Springs, Lamar, Nixa, Lamar, Diamond. In about 45 days, I'm going to be a resident of Joplin. <laughs> So do those places define who I am? 
You know, I've lived in a lot of places. But I've not always lived for Christ. I've not always lived my life for Christ. So who am I? Is it where I've worked? Is it the different jobs that I've held? I've hauled wood, I've or cut wood, I've hauled hay, I've worked at the farmer's uh, exchange, I've worked in a convenience store making pizzas and donuts. I've worked in the engineering field now for close to 25 years. Does that define who I am? I've worked. But have I always worked for Christ? So who am I? Is it where I go to church? Church is where a bunch of Christian people live, right? Hang out. If I go to church, I've got to be good doing something, right? It's a start. <laughs> I was raised in church. I didn't know that not going to church was an option for many years. I was, as a, as a kid, involved in church. I knew biblical stories. I was part of the annual Christmas nativity scene. I was narrator for the Christmas story for several years. I taught vacation Bible school one year. I knew who God was, but I didn't know God. I knew who Jesus was, but I did not have a relationship with him. So who am I? After my divorce, I remarried. Now married to my life partner and best friend, Heather. After many years of not attending church with two to three kids in the house, you know, Heather and I started looking at each other going, what are we doing? What are the kids missing? So we started coming to church. But not for us, for the kids. I knew it was the right thing to do. But I kept struggling with me. I wanted to believe in God. I wanted to believe in Jesus. I wanted to believe that God created the earth. But mostly, I really wanted to know that there was a heaven. I have an engineering mind. Things for me to understand have to be factual. They have to be written. They have to be, this is the way it happens. They have to be in order. This whole belief thing, I struggle with it. I struggled for many years with it. I still, from time to time, struggle with it. Because it doesn't make sense on paper. So while attending church, I... Don't remember. We'd been coming out here two or three months, probably. And one day, 
Pastor Kent's sermon passed um, on. He was sharing with the youth groups. And it was called the 30-Day Challenge. And, you know, you listen to uh, Christian music for 30 days. Don't listen to everything else that you listen to. Well, I struggled with that. I mean, he's telling us this is what he does with the youth. And I was like, well, that's good for the youth. But I'm 40 years old. So I thought I'd be tricky. If I didn't want anybody to know, I started doing it. <laughs> didn't tell anybody. But I tried. I was like, well, you know, maybe there's something to this. What I found out, and he, he'd mentioned this, and, um, but so when you put junk in, you get junk out. When you put love in, you get love out. Now, I say all that because this was my struggle. I said I would do it, so I tried to do it. I listened for almost a week. And I'm like, nah, I don't know. But I started hearing songs on the radio that we were singing in church. Well, that's kind of cool. Church I grew up in, you never heard anything like that on the radio. <laughs> so I thought, you know, okay, that's, that's a sign. I need to keep doing it. So I pushed through it. That week, Friday night, we had a basketball game for my nephew. So we're going there to support him, you know, Walk in, sit down, waiting for the game to start, and they're just blaring this music. I would say it was questionable if it was uh, healthy at, at, at best. Um, I don't know if there was any vulgar language, but you know the message in it wasn't what I thought I should be hearing when I'm trying to commit myself to Christian music. And I thought, I'm failing <laughs> because it wasn't my choice. But I said, I have to do this. I have to stay true for 30 days. I want to change my life. So pretty sure it was the next day. might have been a couple days. But I started you know, keeping K-Love going um, is what I had the opportunity to listen to. And then Caleb goes, hey, we have a 30-day challenge. <laughs> it's like, hmm, where did I hear that before? <laughs> Is that coincidence? Two weeks down, three weeks down. And wow, I'd finished a month. Now it's time for some self-evaluation. Well, do I feel different? Mm, not really. Do I believe in heaven now? Mm, not sure that really has changed either. Well, 
surely now I have some miracle of faith. And it didn't seem possible. So had I just wasted a month of listening to music for no reason because I thought this was supposed to change my life. So kind of in retaliation, it's like, I'm going to listen to something else. Push the button. No, that's a commercial. All right, next button. Stay away zone. (laughs) Next button, commercial. Next button. I don't like that song. Next button, next button, next button. I couldn't find anything to listen to. All right, back to K-Love. So who am I? From that point forward, things did begin to change. Well, I say things. I began to change. So who do you say that I am? But before you answer, I want to know, who does God say that I am? So I've outlined several points. I say points. Several things in the Bible that God says, I am. I am a child of God. I am a friend of Jesus. I am chosen, holy, and blameless. I am blessed. I am redeemed and forgiven. I am a branch of the true vine. I am complete in him. I am alive with Christ. I am free from the law of sin and death. I am far from oppression and I will not live in fear. I am born of God and the evil one does not touch me. I am joined to the Lord and I am one spirit with him. I am new. I am new creature in Christ Jesus. My old self was crucified with Christ and I am no longer a slave to sin. My new self is righteous and holy. I have a new life. So now I'd like to go through each of these because I want to show you the scriptures. This isn't me. This is the Bible. This is God. This is who you are. I am a child of God, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, that this is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world. And if children, 
than heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. I am a friend of Jesus. No longer do I call you servants, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. And so the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as man speaks to his friend. And that one kind of surprised me when I was researching this. Like, less to Moses. That's not to me. But am I any different than Moses? I am chosen, holy, and blameless before God. So even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I am blessed. So the first thing I come across is the Beatitudes. It says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Then the next verse says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. You know, that's something that I've struggled with. When I'm inside these walls, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm your friend. I'm your friend. I, Brothers and sisters, got a problem, talk to me, we'll share. I teach Sunday school. I've taught Wednesday night classes. Great in these walls. But how much of that do I do when I leave here? I struggled with that. I still struggle with that. I don't like to walk up to people and have a conversation with them that I don't know. It's even tough to have a conversation with people you do know. Especially if they don't go to church with you. But why is it so hard? What am I afraid of? Next scripture for this is all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us 
with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. And I'm starting to see a pattern here. How do I get to be blessed? Eh, I've got to be a follower of Christ. (laughs) I've got to have a little bit of faith. I've got to believe in him. But I am a child of God. I am a friend of Jesus. I am redeemed and forgiven by the grace of Christ. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Do we really know what that does, what that means? You know, I struggled with putting this together because I'm not spending a lot of time with each verse. But I didn't think you wanted to be here for like three days. (laughs) Each of these scriptures are a sermon by themselves. My hope is to share with you the vision, the opportunity. If I'm hitting something that's going on in your life, seek. Seek. I am a branch of the true vine and a conduit of Christ's life. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in him, them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I am complete in him. So you also are complete through the union, through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. I am alive with Christ, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. I am free from the law of sin and death. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. I am far from oppression and will not live in fear. In righteousness you shall be established You shall be far from oppression, you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. I think fear is a mighty work of the devil. But we don't have to have it. I am born of God, and the evil one does not touch me. I am, excuse me, we know with confidence that anyone born of God does not habitually sin, but he, Jesus, who was born of God, carefully keeps and protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. You know, I really like that scripture because I seem to sin a lot. I don't do it on purpose, but it just happens. But it's not... 
the same sin. It's this sin and this sin and this sin. And, but it says anyone that's born of God that does not habitually sin. Well, that, what's habitually? <laughs> but the key here is, and it doesn't say this in the verse, so excuse me if I'm out of line, but, and it says he who was born of God, but it's he who seeks God. If you're habitually sinning, you're not seeking God. I am joined to the Lord and am one spirit with him. But the spirit who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. All right, so earlier I said, what does New Year's resolution have to do with this? So we're back to that. Here are some clues. I am new. I am a new creature in Christ. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. How's that much different than a New Year's resolution? Generally, you want to start something new. You want to stop something bad. My old self was crucified with Christ. I am no longer a slave to sin. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. My new self is righteous and holy. And put on the new self, the regenerated and renewed nature created in God's image, godlike in the righteousness and holiness of the truth, living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude for your salvation. And I have a new life. For you have a new life. It was not passed to you from your parents, for the life they gave you will fade away. This new one will last forever, for it comes from Christ, God's ever-living message to man. So who am I? According to 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. There are two Greek words which are translated new in the Bible. The first is neos, refers to something that has just been made. But there are already many others um, in existence just like it. The word translated new in the verse, in this verse, is the word kainos, or kainos, I don't know how you pronounce it. It says, which means something just made, which is unlike anything else in existence. In Christ, 
we are made an entirely new creation. Just as God created the heavens and the earth originally, he made them out of nothing. And so he does with us. He does not merely clean up our old selves. He makes an entirely new self. When we are in Christ, we are partakers of the divine nature. And that comes out of 2 Peter 1.4. God himself, in the person of his Holy Spirit, takes up residence in our hearts. We are in Christ, and he is in us. In Christ, we are regenerated, renewed, and born again. And this new creation is spiritually minded, whereas the old nature is carnally minded. The new nature fellowships with God, obeys his will, and is devoted to his service. These are actions the old nature is incapable of doing or even desiring to do. The old nature is dead to the things of the spirit and cannot revive itself. It is dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2.1 says, and can only be made alive by a supernatural awakening, which happens when we come to Christ and we are indwelt by him. Christ gives us a completely new and holy nature and an incorruptible life. Our old life, previously dead to God because of sin, is buried. And we are raised to walk in newness of life with him. Romans 6.4 If we are to belong to Christ, we are to unite with him and are no longer slaves to sin. We are made alive with him. We are conformed to his image. We are free from condemnation, walking not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And we are part of the body of Christ with other believers. The believer now possesses a new heart and has been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we might wonder why we so often do not live in the manner described. Even though we have given our lives to Christ and are sure of our salvation. This is because our new nature this is because our new natures are residing in our old fleshly bodies. And these are the two that are at war with one another. The old nature is dead, but the new nature still has to battle the old tent in which it resides. Evil and sin are still present, but the believer now sees them in a new perspective, and they can no longer control him as they once did. In Christ, we can now choose to resist sin, whereas the old nature could not. Now we have the choice to either feed the new nature through the word, through prayer and obedience, or to feed the flesh by neglecting these things. 
we are more than conquerors through him that loved us and can rejoice in our Savior who makes all things possible. In Christ, we are loved, forgiven, and secure. In Christ, we are adopted, justified, redeemed, reconciled, and chosen. In Christ, we are victorious, filled with joy and peace, and granted true meaning in life. What a wonderful Savior. So who am I? What defines me? Who defines me? Who I am is defined by God and the life I choose to follow. I am going to continuously seek God and his ways. I am going to love others as Jesus did. And I am going to be led by the Spirit, discerning good from evil. This is who I am. One more comment about the New Year's resolution. And it's, I struggled a little bit with this because this was given to me three months ago. Ken's been preaching on it for two months now. <laughs> Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. And I took this out of the Living Bible. But it says, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm going to do a brand new thing. See, I have already begun. Don't you see it? I will make a road through the wilderness of the world for my people to go home and create rivers through the desert. It's a new year. It's time for a new you. It's a new month. It's time for a new you. It's a new day. It's time for a new you. Your resolution does not define you. Your failures do not define you. Your God defines you. My God defines me. The one I worship, the one I trust, the one I believe in, the one that I love and the one that loves me. Does my God define you? The praise team's going to play. And I want you to think about what defines you, who you are. And if there's something that you want to change about who you are, something that you want to have a new you, God wants you. Take this time, come to the altar.
If you want, I'll pray with you. If you just want time at the altar, take it. But think about, who am I?